This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Behold Podcast. Hope you're having a fine Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever day you're you're listening to this. Great to have you with us as we just take a little bit of time out of your day to chew on what the Lord has told us. And through that, hopefully be encouraged, be built up, and just behold our Lord Jesus together. This is Sean and my boy Dan, as always, and no, no grand entrance this time. I think much to his chagrin, Tim Barley is with us today. I love that. I love that. I'm uh, just one of the boys now. Without fanfare. Yeah. I love it, man. Hey, speaking of fanfare, though, how about that servant celebration on Monday night? Man. Was that a, was that a wild time or what? I I loved it. I, it, yeah. it was, it was I say, meaningful and fun. Yeah. Meaningful and fun. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, you know, every year we as elders and pastors and staff of VBC, we host this event called the Servant Celebration. And it's really just a, a night to show our appreciation and gratitude for everybody who serves in any capacity of VBC in a ministry. Um, so if you're listening and you didn't get an invite, we're so, so sorry. Please let us know next time. We'll make sure you're, you're there. But yeah, basically, it's if you're serving, we want to acknowledge your your faithfulness and also, and probably more importantly, just acknowledge God's faithfulness through all of our people. And so this night along those veins was just so encouraging, so fun, just so uh, just fruitful to see, you know, because we forget so easily. And then we had this video montage showing, man, here's what happened in in missions and connections and the food pantry and, and all in kids ministry and all these different things. And just a, a really fun reminder of, because sometimes, you know, it's easy to get into the weekly grind. So it's a, it's a fun reminder of just how far the Lord has brought so many areas of our church family um, in this last year. Yeah, I should, it, I should it, add yeah. delicious too. Yeah, there was some, there was some good, Sean, Sean smoked some dead pigs. Um, and uh, Much better than smoking live pigs. Yep. Yep. And uh, we had some delicious, some delicious food. Connie and her team gave us some, uh, some, some nice Southern comfort food and we had a bluegrass band and Man, it was just a great time. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not involved in in using your gifts to, to serve the church or reach the community, man, hopefully that's a good incentive for you for <laughs> next year to, so you don't miss out on the party, right? Get in there, you know, use your gifts, serve in a ministry, big or small, it doesn't matter. We all uh, can contribute and, and make a difference. Yep. And the, 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 the party is just the cherry on top of the amazing cake of serving your brothers and sisters. Well, I mean, that's a great segue because on Sunday we talked about just the, the, the privilege and the joy that we have in influencing others, right? That the, the message was titled, look what we get to do. Um, so, so let's just kind of kick off that, the, the conversation in that way. Um, Sean, why don't you t- talk about the verses that we, we looked at and, and kind of what were some of the big ideas? Yeah. So if, again, if you've been with us on Sundays, we're in our teaching series right now called Love and Liberty. And we're looking at 1 Corinthians 8 through 10. And kind of the, the main theme we've been chewing on for the last month or so is, is how do we lay down our freedoms for one another? And really in that process, what happens? You know, what's our heart? How does Jesus receive glory in that? And what should our our motivation and decision-making process kind of be as we're navigating a variety of issues, you know, in current day day context? So now we're at 1 Corinthians 9, 
and just a short chunk, just verses 24 to 27, but just so profound. And I think Gary really did a, a wonderful job of just helping it to be practical and usable for us. Um, he used this great analogy of, of the athlete. So Dan, I don't know if you want to explain um, kind of what his thing was about being an athlete in this context. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he gave us uh, just examples from the text about someone who's running a race or, or someone who is, is training as a boxer. That there's this, there's this intentionality, there's this training, there's this clearly defined goal of, of winning. And maybe that's where we can kind of start the conversation, Tim. I'd love to hear your thoughts just about how, how do we define winning? Because a lot of times when we see a race or we see a, a boxing match, there's, there's only one winner and there's only really one way to win. I mean, you cross the finish line first or you don't. Um, you, you knock the person out or you don't, you know, you win the match or you don't. And, and I think Gary kind of brought up this idea of like, man, there, there can be actually be multiple ways to define winning in terms of how we influence other people. And so what, what are some thoughts that will help us kind of, kind of bring it home? You know, this idea of, of winning. Yeah. So one of the, one of the ideas that we need to avoid is the idea that we're in some kind of competition against each other. Because when we often think about winning, we're like, okay, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to exceed Dan and Sean or whoever. Good luck, by the way. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a old crusty non-athlete now. (laughs) Wow. So that's one one false way of looking at this we need to to think of so in some ways we it is it is an individual race that we're running okay we we have our own our own agenda in regard to our regiment our routine what we need to do to to be strengthened in in our identity as children of god as servant leaders as disciples so figure that out you know what how much time do i want to devote toward study and prayer and service and all, all those mm-hmm. very important spiritual disciplines. And so I'm running this race, you know, but it's not a race where I'm competing against one another, uh, other people. In one way, we could almost look at it as a relay mm. so that we're all running our leg, leg of the yeah. race. Corporate, so it's a corporate race and it's an individual race. So corporately, we're running with each other, and I want I want to run my my leg well, you know, so that you know others others benefit, you know, from that, and God is glorified through yeah, that. Yeah. So that's one way, you know, to to keep it in mind. Yeah. Again, just that focus of I think Paul's point is not oh you got to win the race, but but then he goes on to say look at the athlete. You know, if you want to win the race, look at an athlete, look at an Olympian. You know. If they want to win, there's things they have to do mm-hmm. to, to do well in that context, just like we do. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, when we're talking about the spiritual things, it's easy sometimes to feel like, okay, my heart's in the right place. If I pray it enough, then I'll be able to do well in this situation, you know? But the reality is that no, Paul's telling us that there's there's a lot of work we should be doing, um, and then we're gonna get into it about self-control and all those kinds of things that will set us up well to then meet that goal down the road in a variety of situations. And I know we're going to talk about goals in a second. But. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing that I think is important that I've been chewing on is because we see this phrase that, that Paul uses uh, in, in chapter eight, that he, he wants to win more people. 
And so when I hear him say, I, you know, I, I don't run aimlessly. I, I don't, I don't beat the air, you know, mindlessly. Like I have a goal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to win, win something. Right. And I think the question I have is like, is it only considered a win if people put their faith in Christ, right? If I share the gospel with them and then they, you know, trust Christ right then and there, is it only a win if the person that I'm discipling, you know, totally succeeds and and, and grows and, and becomes more like Christ? Is it, is it only a win if I get acknowledged for my, my service or you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or, or can I, can I still be doing the things that Paul is laying out for us? I guess, you know, what should we be looking to in terms of success? You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So it makes me think about the, the Bema, uh, which is the, the judgment seat of, of Christ that we are mm. told about, you know, mm-hmm. that we will all stand on, stand mm-hmm. in, you know, before, you know, in, in eternity. And the, the criteria that will be judged on is our faithfulness, mm. you know, uh, Second Corinthians five ten talks about that idea of our faithfulness. So we have no control over the outcome, the results. Correct. Are always, they're always going to be mixed. Correct. Correct. Right. So we're simply called to be faithful. That's good. And so that's where we kind of let go of the how many got saved, how many got saved. How many, I mean, not that not that we don't want that to happen because we can want that to happen. Right. But the real question is, were we faithful? You know, to do what we were supposed to do, to use our voice, to use our gift, to use the the message of the gospel accurately, mm-hmm. you know, uh, effectively, all those kinds of questions. That's good. Yeah, I think that kind of begs the question about um, how you define your goals. And, and this is just a life thing, really, but... You know, whatever it is, whether it's work or your fitness goals or your health goals or relationship goals, you know, if you want to be effective and see change and see growth, you got to define those goals, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in this context, what is that goal? Well, like you just said, it's it's your faithfulness to the gospel. I like the last week, Paul, or I think it was last week for you guys, Paul said, I do, I do it all for the sake of the gospel. So for me, with this kind of goal defining as we're thinking, because no, not everyone you share the gospel with or show how God transformed your life, they're not going to turn around, unfortunately, and just mm-hmm. give their life to Jesus immediately. But you know, we talk all the time about placing a pebble in the shoe and that kind of thing. You just never know how the Lord and the Holy Spirit's going to use those things down the road. So to me, that's the question is, did I do all I could in that situation for the sake of the gospel? You know, was I really faithful and and bold and s- did I stand upon the truth as much as I could? Mm. And if I did, then man, goal met, done yeah. deal. And I'll just say that something about that, about goals. To me, maybe I'm just wired this way. There is like few things in life more satisfying to me than when a goal is fulfilled. I just love that feeling. How much sweeter is that though? You know, like if I build something, that's fun. You know, if I get something done in the house, that's great. How much sweeter is it when goals pertaining to the kingdom of God are fulfilled? Yeah. Just to give an example, this this podcast is one of those kinds of things where it's like, man, what's our goal here? You know, and we say it every every episode in the beginning, our goal is to behold the glory of the Lord through what he says to us. It's simple. And to help people do yeah. that, yeah. you know? And we do it. We try to do it. And I, we feel good about, it. we do that self-assessing kind of thing. Yeah. I think we were faithful to the text and faithful in our conversations. But when someone says to me or says to you or to you or whoever, Hey, just so you know, that podcast really just ministered to me and the Lord mm-hmm. used that for my growth. 
there is nothing sweeter than that because yeah. it, it's an affirmation of the Holy Spirit at work. And again, us being faithful to that. And just, again, that servant celebration, I had three different people come to me and say things like that of just, man, we're so grateful. The podcast has really helped us just stay connected and engage with God's word and the Holy Spirit's used that. And it's just, it's so just gratifying. And just to be clear, it's not gratifying. It's like a pat on the back for us. Mm. Like, yeah, that's nice. But more than that, it's, man, the Lord is using this. The, the goal is being met for what, what the purpose of this is. So yeah, just really valuable to define your goals in relationships and then meet those goals. Yeah. Cause, cause we could do this whole podcast aimlessly, right? We could do it like, like we were running just wild, you know, and just talk about whatever and not have a goal and, and even just having that clearly defined simple goal of beholding the glory of God in the face of Christ is, is really kept us on target, right? There, there's, I, I love that idea of living with an audience of one, right? That Jesus is looking in on how we're living and whether it's while we wait for that eternal day where we'll stand before him and he says, well done, or, or if it's just as we, as we go and he's just encouraging us and he's, he's, uh, you know, sharing like, Hey, you, you know, I, I've, I've shared my father's business with you. Like no longer are, you know, I call you brothers now. Like I call you friends, you know, and, and there's that affirmation we get from him, I think is, is, is what kind of keeps us going. And I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a baptism in between services. And for those that weren't in person or there at the Altamont, it's online. You can go watch it on our YouTube channel, but it was really cool because, uh, somebody got ba- baptized who, um, I used to know, you know, way, way back in the day when I was in high school ministry and we, we had, um, just a great connection and, you know, I, but I hadn't thought about her in years and years and years. And it was just so humbling because when she was sharing her testimony, she just, she mentioned me by name, you yeah. know? And I just was like, I was like, wow, that is just such an evidence of, of what we're talking about and evidence yeah. of God's grace because there, it's just like when you're, when you're planting a crop or you're tending to a garden or whatever, like you're cultivating something that you may never even see, or maybe you won't see for, for a decade in, in the, like in this case, but you just have to stay faithful to the work, you know, and you got to keep, keep cultivating and keep having that relationship and trusting that the results will, they're in God's hands. Yeah. One of the things I love to remind parents of is don't ever underestimate the power of the deposits that you're making in your kids. Mm. You know, think of them as little accounts, <laughs> you know, and you're yeah. making all these deposits and sometimes you'll make a deposit and you'll get these stiff bodies, these yeah. rolling eyes, these, totally. oh, are you kidding me? Right. Whatever it may yeah. be, that doesn't mean that your po- deposit isn't being made. Mm-hmm. That means their response to the deposit may not be what you want as responsive yeah. as you'd want yeah. it to be. But those deposits are absolutely invaluable. That's mm-hmm. good. Don't stop making them. Yeah, and may- maybe we can kind of talk about this idea of, of training a little bit more because whether it's with our kids or with, with uh, our friends or our roommates or people we know at school or our coworkers or whatever, the we're, we're all kind of making deposits as we go. Right. So the question is like, are we training to make the right kinds of deposits? Yeah. You know, and uh, Gary did a great job of talking about this uh, <laughs> with regards to golf and the PGA tour and he said, you know, after the PGA tour, there's always this spike in, in 
people going to driving ranges and cause they're like, I want to be like tiger, you know, I want to be like Mickelson, whatever. And what happens is that there's no staying power. Like nothing actually changes in their life. They get inspired. Right. And so then they, they, a, a, de- a desire develops, but then they don't actually change anything in their life to, 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 so that they'll see some kind of result. Right. And I just thought that was really good. And maybe we can, maybe we can kind of talk about that idea of, of training. There's this, um, there's this great book by Malcolm Gladwell and he's, he's not a believer or anything, but he wrote this book called outliers. And basically it's just looking into the people in, in the world that are really successful, that, that the people in the world that, um, whatever field they're in, whether it's technology or the creative arts or athletics, but what are these people that have risen to the top yeah. of their field and what makes them so special? What makes them so different? And one of the ideas that came out of that book is this uh, 10,000 hour rule. Have you guys heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically the idea is that there's this, there's this common denominator between all of these people that he studied that basically they, they put in uh, 10,000 hours of intense practice to in- achieve mastery over this complex skill or this, this, uh, complicated, uh, material. And so it's basically like they, they, you know, whether they have, uh, a varying levels of innate skill or, or gifting or ability, they all have that same thing in common that they, they worked really hard at their thing. And, and that's what Gary was really getting at on Sunday was, uh, this, this stuff takes, we have to develop the skill. Like you have to give something up. You, it's good to be inspired. It's good to have a desire, but you have to train. You have to change something about how you're living in order to see, in order to get mastery of, of this, this whole thing of influence. So I'm just curious what you guys think about that whole concept and that idea. Yeah. You know, I love this topic of the idea of like practice makes perfect, essentially (laughs) that's what we're talking about. And, you know, I don't, I don't have many pet peeves in life. In general, I just am not a pet peeve kind of guy, but I do have one relating to this issue. (laughs) And it's when someone will say to me, oh, well, you're just, things are just easy for you. Things just come easy to you. Or you're just good at everything, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because there's a few things I am good at, but man, it just irks me when someone says, well, things are just easy for you to do. It's like, no, the reality is whatever, if I look at my own life, everyone speak for yourself, but for my own life, all of the things that I'm really good at, kind of spent thousands of hours practicing them. Yeah. Whether it's an instrument or a video or whatever the skill is, mm-hmm. I've put so much time of just, just practice. And what does that look like? It's like, well, you have to sacrifice something to, to, to make that time to practice that thing. And so it's like a little bit, maybe it's a pride thing where I'm offended because they've belittled all the hard oh, work the hard it took work to get there. Yeah, yeah. But more than that, it's like, it's not a frustration necessarily, but it makes me think to myself, man, this person doesn't understand. They're missing mm-hmm. out. They too could be as good as whoever at whatever if they had the fortitude to put the time into it. Yeah. You know? like Well, 10,000 hours, that's a lot of hours. Do you feel like you've done 10,000 hours on, on, on one of your, one of your like skills? I've probably done, done close to that with music yeah. over time. Yeah. If you like combined all the different music stuff you've done. Yeah. But just, I think I mean, it's like yeah. a lifetime of, 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 of hours. Right? It is. And they say 10,000 is the level to get like mastery of something. Right. You know? Right. And maybe I've done 10,000, but, but definitely thousands yeah. and definitely just, just times of just hours of practice with whatever the thing is. And so I, I get frustrated with people because I'm like, man, 
whatever it is, sure, we all have different giftings. Like, yeah, if you're not a gifted whatever vocalist, maybe you're never going to be a famous singer, you know, whatever it is. But if you do have the giftings, then with that understanding, it's like, man, anyone could be as good as anyone else if they have enough time or they put the time toward the intentionality of practicing. So anyways. Well, and and, and the thing here too, like that just to, to kind of keep it in the text, right? So so, cause I love that idea. You have to give something up, right? You have to like lose sleep or you have to, you have to say no to hanging out with your friends or you can't play video games for, you know, 10 hours a week or whatever. <laughs> right. But, but the, but the skill we're trying to develop here is not, uh, being good at an instrument right. or, or, or being ranked in t- Florida at tennis, right. which, which you were before. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. That's a different yeah, okay. Well, but anyway, so, but the goal <laughs> is, is, is influencing others. Right. So, so we're, we're giving up things that we, we love, we may love like sleep (laughs) or, um, I think for even me, like time with my, with my family, like sometimes I got to give up a little bit of time with my family to, to spend time with my neighbors, to, to engage with them or whatever. Right. So we're giving up something we love for someone that we love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was getting at was that there's no get out of jail free card. You know, if you want to be good at something, you got to give something up. Everything costs something, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so with this context, it's kind of like what you just said is, man, what are you going to give up to, to be, to be proficient and effective and faithful when it comes to demonstrating the gospel of Jesus? You know, mm-hmm. are you going to give up things, whatever it is, video games, like you mentioned, or nights out to study God's word and, and understand scripture and memorize scripture? You know, are you going to give up things and practice a sacrificial attitude so that when those things come up, it is easy for you to give up your freedoms and not do it grumblingly, grumblingly, mm-hmm. you know, what yeah. it looks like. But just that understanding that like, yeah, you do have to sacrifice something beforehand and then reap the benefits later, which I get it. Delayed gratitude. Most people hate that, you know, yeah, <laughs> but that's just reality. Yeah. I was in a fraternity in college. and Partying hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and during pledgeship. Uh, one of the goals of the brothers was to get us strong, of course. So they, um, they encouraged us to do a lot of push-ups. Nice. Uh, they gently encouraged you, I'm sure. They, you, you, were you part of the same fraternity? <laughs> so, and they were. They encouraged us to do a lot of push-ups. <laughs> but there's one guy in, in our pledge class who was just a beast. Wow. And he could crank out push-ups like for a long period of time. And so the brothers ended up making him do one arm push-ups wow. while the rest of us did normal push-ups. He's doing one arm push-ups. It was you. It was I, you. I'd, be doing, was not, was I'd be doing the push-ups on my knees. Like, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be the other way. <laughs> but, but the point is, sure. Are there some folks that some things might come easier to just because of their genetic disposition or whatever? Of course. But I loved how this guy said, or the brother said, you need to adjust, like that was, and this is one of the points that Gary made. He said, first of all, an athlete has a goal to achieve, and then the athlete adjusts life to this goal. So we replace the word athlete for believer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the believer has a goal to achieve. The believer adjusts life to this goal. Mm-hmm. So let's say this guy, his name is Jeff, you know, is like, I can just, I can just do pushups, with, you know, and and it's no big deal to me. And he doesn't get any benefit from it Mm. because that's what everyone else is doing. Mm. And so sometimes we need to recognize, you know what? I may need to put more in because I am, I have that capacity, you know, to, to do that. And that's, that's that personal assessment that we all need to be a part of in, in our 
response, you know, to what, what God's doing and what we can do. That's mm. called sandbagging. Did you know that? When you, when you are, are, uh, you're capable of doing more, yep. but you intentionally d- dial it back. Yep. And yeah, that's a really good point. Like are, 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 are some of us in the family of God, like sandbagging our development? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of saying just because no one notices and I'm still outputting what everybody else Absolutely. is. But yeah. I've got the capacity for whatever reason to do more. I don't mm-hmm. need as much sleep right, or right. I've got more mental, you know, Or maybe I'm bandwidth. single, you know, I'm single and, Absolutely. And, and, and I have way more freedom with my schedule. Right. And Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul addresses that, yeah, exactly. you know, let's take full advantage of that until that status changes. If it does, if it does yeah. change. Yeah. It's so good. One of us here is single. You can guess who. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for long. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another. Wow, good. So, okay, so we're, we're, we're backlogging topics. We're going to talk about tennis star Tim Barley, and we're going to talk about- Tim's uh, love life. Tim's love life. That's yeah, okay. for a later podcast. Maybe we'll bring the, the, the special someone on the pod. We'll see. Ooh. I would love that. Could you guys invite her? Are, is she a tennis instructor? I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't met her yet. <laughs> hey, if you know anyone, uh, send them over. Oh, yeah. okay, Anyways, you know, I think- one of the things I appreciated, um, which you've been chewing on for the last few weeks, actually, was just the issue of you know, your heart and your motivation. And it's like, well, how do you define this goal then? Yeah, we said we want people to to hear the gospel and be faithful. But part of that has to start with with you wanting that, you know, you being excited for and anticipating eternity spent with our Savior. And so I love that chart that's on the message notes the last few weeks. Um, it was just about the, the, the riches of the inheritance we have being followers of Jesus. And so to me, I appreciate what Paul says. Yeah, I do it all for the sake of the, of the gospel that I might share with them in this, exactly this, the, the participation of, of all these different blessings that, that come with Jesus and, and with the Lord. So I love this chart. I don't know if you want to hit that at all, but you know, just list all these different aspects of what our reality is now uh, as followers of, of Jesus, you know, that our sins are forgiven. We're adopted and beloved children. God is for us. We have victory over death. And then he goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I think that just, in, if we don't, if we never spend time, you know, just soaking the, the, that in and mm-hmm. reveling in the glory of that, then it does become, I think it can become just not as, full of life and not as sweet as it should be sharing that with somebody. Yeah. You know, if these truths aren't fresh on your own heart and mind, then of course, if you're talking to someone about Jesus, then it's not going to be fresh to them. It's not going to appear as this transforming, amazing truth because it's just not in the reality of your life right now, you know, the way that you're treating it. So I think it's important to, as you're defining your goal, soak in that goal for yourself as well so that you can share it more easily. When, when Sean was, uh, directing us to this chart, please take a moment and download the, the, the sermon notes from this past Sunday. There's this chart that is fabulous. And if you can print it out, you know, post it on your bathroom mirror. If we're not spending regular time, just meditating on these realities, we are too busy. Mm. The, these are the core benefits, blessings, rewards that that we receive. Yes, there'll be rewards that that will be bestowed upon us for how we serve. But but these are the the, the core rewards that we receive just for being in Christ. Yeah. And man, it's just so important that we take time to be familiar with these, and and being familiar with them is 
of such benefit to us mm. as we go through life, you know, on a yeah. on a topsy turvy fallen earth. Right, right. Know? And and they're they're treasures. You know they that are. that that's the thing for, for that we can cling to now. And uh, probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, they probably won't be in the normal section on the website. So maybe we can link uh, to the chart on our show notes, Sean. Yeah, and you, you can yeah. you can always go to the watch and listen, and then every single week sermon notes. There's are a on backlog there. on there. Okay, yeah. well let me let me just say something too on this because kind of going back to the PGA tour analogy that that Gary gave us, right? Looking at this stuff, meditating on it, memorizing it is kind of like watching the PGA tour, right? It inspires us. It it get, it, it creates a desire for us to to live uh, to live a gospel centered life, right? Which will motivate us to 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 make a difference in people's lives to, to, to alter, like you said, Tim, the, the course of our life, right? We're going to change something about how we're living, but you know, what happens when we go to the driving range, let's say, right? So we're really inspired by watching the PGA tour and watching tiger do his thing. And then we go to the driving range and we just start hacking away and we can't get the ball to fly right. And we're chunking stuff everywhere and, and nothing's flying straight. Nothing's doing what it's supposed to do. Like what, what we need too is like help. Right. So, Absolutely. so like yeah. I just met, you know, I was just at the driving range yesterday and, um, kind of was like hitting a brick wall on this new thing I'm working on. But my buddy Seth came out and he was like, he filmed me and was like t- coaching me through some stuff and completely checking out some, some new, um, you know, basically we're working on like connecting the whole entire swing so that all the movements kind of work together. Right. And I think that maybe is some, some, sometimes where people get stuck is they, they get inspired because they read something here. Oh, wow. Jesus is, is unembarrassed of me. You know, I've got access to the father. That's permanent. I've got victory over death. Like I'm permanently accepted by God, the father, like, and they get really inspired. Right. And so then they get out there and they, they like start doing ministry or, or sharing the gospel with someone or, and they maybe like hit a brick wall, you know, they get shot down or they fumble through their words or someone says something discouraging to them, whatever. And then they're just like, ah, we, this is why we need each other. This is why we need a coach, right? This is why we need someone to, to watch our swing and say, okay, it's great that you you're inspired. It's great that you've got the desire, but here's how you actually change your swing so as to be more effective to, to, to win the prize. And, um, I think that's a really important important aspect of this whole thing. Yeah, well, I think we, just to to continue the analogy with the sports thing, uh, we do need coaches, you know, and I think that we have two great coaches that we talk about a lot. We have a head coach and then more of like an assistant coach, you know, <laughs> and our head coach is Jesus. Yeah, our head coach is the perfecter of our faith, who went before us, which is Jesus, and. You know, just watching his life or reading his life and the things he says to us, man, direct instructions, like you're saying, mm-hmm. of how to be. But then underneath him, maybe an assistant coach, the one who talked to the coach, and then now we're hearing from him, mm-hmm. is Paul. Yeah. And we're talking a little bit, but before the podcast, and you can pitch in, Dan, but we, we look a lot at the teachings of Paul. And it makes sense why, but we'll talk about that in a second. But Paul, I mean, this whole series we're in right now in First Corinthians and so many other series is, is, is doing that process for us. You know, as we're, as we're looking at him, he's coaching these churches, you know, he's writing to Corinth and doing exactly that. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. That's not right. In, in, in alignment, not in alignment with what Jesus says, here's, what we need to change to make that happen. And so we can kind of learn. It's like, if I watch that video 
if I watched Seth talking about that video and teaching you, I could probably learn a lot. Right. Even if I'm not the one doing the swinging, you know, uh-huh. in that same way, when we read Paul's letters to these different churches, man, we're learning so much about how to do life right now, even though he's an assistant coach, not the head coach. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's a great point. I mean, let's talk about that too. Like, so, cause, cause initially when I was thinking about coaches, I was thinking about kind of the, the mentoring, counseling, like discipling people in our life. Like maybe the people who are like in our church, but a little bit further down the road. And, and, and maybe we can talk about that after we look at our head coach and our, our assistant coach. But I, I, you know, I've noticed during this series, something that I think might be confusing for some people, especially if you're new to the faith or maybe you are new to our church and you're not used to this type of language, but I think especially in this series, because Paul is holding himself up as this example of what does it mean to to operate in love and and exercise our freedom and liberty in, in a way that is gospel-centered and, and focused on others, he, Paul is saying, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm doing it. So, so if you want to learn how to do it, look at me. And so a lot of the messages we've had during this series is, it, it's very Pauline. It's very like, Paul did this, Paul did that, Paul's saying this, Paul's saying that. And it, it, you might walk away with this, with this question, like, wait a second, like, are we following Paul? Like, is, are we worshiping Paul? Or I thought this was like, I thought you guys were Christians. Like, don't you follow Christ and worship Christ, you know? And, uh, I think it's really cool and important to, to say, to look at Paul's story, right? So he, um, he was this, came up as this, this Jew, right? This cultural and religious, like kind of perfect, model of like what it, what it is like to, to have status and success and to be learned and to have influence. Right. Um, and he was actually like living his life, uh, his, his mission and his goal in life was to actually stop Jesus's movement and to, to squelch, uh, and persecute and crush the, the, um, the, the, the way of Jesus, because he, he saw it as contrary to the way he grew up, right? And, yep. and what he believed as true and real. And so in Acts chapter nine, he has this incredible encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he, he's, he's, he's blinded. And then he, then the scales fall off his eyes. And, and basically he c- comes to this point of where he turns around 180. And now he's, his whole mission is, is to um, share the gospel with this unreached people group. And, um, he becomes a follower of Christ. And, and then it's really interesting, kind of an obscure passage that not a lot of people know about, but I was just looking at it in second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about how he was caught up in the third heaven Mm -hmm. and that he, he, uh, whether we don't know if it was like bodily, he actually was, was, went to heaven where Jesus is or, or if it was just some kind of, uh, you know, a spiritual mental kind of experience, but, but basically he had this opportunity to like sit at the foot, the feet of Jesus and like learn from him. And, uh, he has this unique, uh, experience both in how he grew up, how he was converted and then how he was trained up in the ways of Jesus. And that's why you see him as such a central figure in the, in the new Testament because he is coaching up these churches and he is preaching the gospel to these unreached people groups. And um, so I think that's a really important thing for, for people to understand that might be, might be saying, man, we talk about Paul a lot, <laughs> you know, and, and there, there is a reason for that, but, but we also can get kind of stuck on him too. Right. And, and we just need to make sure like, as long as we're really only looking to Paul as he's looking to Christ, you get what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and one of the benefits 
that we have is Paul, God, God allowed Paul to help us flesh out theology and flesh out doctrine mm-hmm. and then even flesh out application. Right. So it's not like he was sitting in his study, you know, talking about all of these ideas that yeah. God was feeding him. He was writing all these things down and then he was going out and applying them to his life. That's good. You know, yeah. on, on the front lines, you know, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's of such value to us. Uh, and, and again, we don't ever want to elevate him higher than he should be elevated. Correct. Yeah. But he was the man for the time, and we continue to look to how he uh, applied these, these uh, practical teachings mm-hmm. you know, to his life as, a, as an encouragement and an example to us. But Christ is obviously the ultimate example. And, and just real quickly, back to your golfing analogy, because I think that was great. So you're, you're out and you've You've been golfing and you're just, you know, you're just hacking like a you know, noob, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and nothing's happening. Isn't it interesting that, that there's almost this innate carnal resistance to coaching? I, I don't know if your kids oh, yeah, have sure. ever said when you've tried to help them do something. Totally. And they're like, don't stop. tell me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop, stop, dad. Come on. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just this, it's this weird thing. You're like, wait a minute. I'm going to help you yeah, yeah, yeah. get better. You to know, your goal. It's, you have a goal. You want to do this and I know how to get you there. Right. Why are you so resistant? To right. It? And, yeah. and again, some of the learning is in, is in the process of, you know, trial and error. You figuring c- it out. Correct. Right. Correct. But at the same time, there's also benefit in having a a voice of wisdom and experience, mm-hmm. you know, come into your you know field of vision and and you know your earshot totally. to be able to tell you, hey, could I could I offer you some insights that mm-hmm. that could help save you time, could help you be be more efficient and effective, and allow you to maybe excel you yeah. know, more quickly. Yeah. And and sometimes we're just. We, we just have this resistance you yeah. know, to that. But that's, I was thinking about what are the barriers to a hacker, you know, a, a believer hacker, you know, to be able to, to experience the full, full benefit of all the resources that, that we've been provided with. Yeah. Mm. Pr- pride. A- absolutely. Like, Hey, I've been doing this long enough. I shouldn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. have, you know, someone come right. alongside me and tell me that, there's a better way. Right. I mean, another one is fear of vulnerability. In order to be coached, you have to let somebody in and see what the problem is. Correct. Right. Because, Correct. And that's, that can be, we can not feel safe to do that sometimes. Right. Right. And, and sometimes that's for good reasons. Mm. You know, sometimes it's not. Right. So we have to. Have Either to way, we got to work through them. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think like, even, even if you are willing to have a coach in your life, I think it's important to assess and ask yourself, what are the coaches I'm surrounding myself with? You know, cause I know guys, young guys that are very, very eager to have like mentors when it comes to their profession or yeah, their career or, or, or finance, finances. Right, oh, I want right. a mentor, but then they're hesitant to have someone whose only goal is to help them grow in Jesus. You know, why yeah. is that? And I think it goes back to that question about our goal and what our heart is mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, that's great. Yeah. That's a great point about Paul though. I think a lot of people maybe especially if you're newer to the faith and you maybe aren't as familiar with the Bible, you might not know that Paul wrote almost half the new Testament, you know, mm-hmm. I guess if we give him Hebrews well, more than half, well, and that's <laughs> 14 the thing, of this at 27. But, but even that language, like I would love to see, this is just a personal thing. Like I would love to see us develop more of a language of like God inspired Paul to write half, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that, so that we help people reinforce like, Hey, uh, 
you know, like Jason says this a lot of times, I think it kind of annoys people sometimes, but he'll be like, he'll be like, you know, it was really important that Jesus instructed Paul to tell us, da, 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 da. you know, yeah, and it takes yeah. a lot, a little bit longer to say, right. you know, it's just easier to say, well, Paul says, blah, 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 blah. But I just, I like every once in a while using language like that to reinforce what actually is happening. And not yeah. that Paul was this kind of like, you know, disconnected, disembodied person. And, and Jesus is just like moving him like a puppet. You know, Paul and all the biblical authors had agency and they were consciously aware of what they were writing and they had an intent in what they were writing. But all of that was superintended and influenced by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and thankfully, Paul does that himself a lot. <laughs> you know, right. even if we don't say it, Paul says it as we read all yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, he yeah. says, man, Jesus, glory to God. I right, want to spread right. the gospel. You know, look to me as I look to Jesus. So. Thankfully, hopefully there's enough checks in there. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be strange if like, you know, Charlie on Sundays, we started emphasizing his teaching over or, or he started giving himself credit and not right, Jesus kind right, of thing. Right. These are these are important things to, to discuss. I, Greg Kokel wrote a book called The Story of Reality. Love that book. And in the preface to that book, there's this great illustration about the idea that when the disciples first started sharing the gospel to Jews yeah. in the New Testament, they didn't spend a lot of time talking about the backstory of the Old Testament, mm. the concept of Messiah, mm -hmm. because they knew that the Jews already had that drilled into them from day one. Yeah. But when the disciples started talking to Gentiles about the gospel, That's good. they had to go back and talk about the origins of this, because otherwise the disciples are going to Gentiles and saying, hey, Jesus died for you, and you know he, he's the Messiah. And they're like, like well, why, why do I need someone to die for me? Like, right, and what is, <laughs> what's a Messiah? Right, you right. Know, and what, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like coming into a movie halfway through. You don't know the characters. You don't know the the, the plot. You know, you don't know the, the problem that's happening in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the point was we are in that kind of place right now in culture where I, I think, Sean, I, I don't know if you were talking about this before the podcast began during this idea of uh, there's a lot of folks that are are struggling with biblical, biblical literacy mm -hmm. and, and the idea of knowing that just the full brunt of the story, not all the details. Sure, sure, the arc. Yeah. Co correct, the yeah. arc, perfect. And and just this idea of Paul and why Paul so much and why, like even you know, <laughs> at the, in the notes, do our goals mirror those of Paul? Yeah. Why doesn't that say the goal? Do, do of our, Jesus. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But when we go back and look at the text, we, we understand the point that was made that Paul was mirroring goals that Christ had given to mm -hmm. him right. to exemplify for us. And we don't, we don't always say that, but, but those of us who understand those concepts are like, of course, we're not, we're not glorifying Paul here. We're glorifying the Savior. It's good. I love that. Uh, well, with that in mind, um, what are some things I love what you just shared about you know, how things were different between sharing to Jews and Gentiles. And, you know, one of Gary's reflection questions were, or what are some specific steps you can take to develop yourselves as a lover of both unbelievers and believers? Which I think is kind of interesting. I, I don't, at least I personally don't think that much about how does this process differ, you know, mm -hmm. between loving people that, that know Jesus and not. Usually it's just, I want to be faithful. I want to know the word and I want to train, you know. But specific, what does that look like? You know, how do you prepare yourself well to share with unbelievers in your context? And then how do you pre pre prepare yourself well to equip and train people who do know Jesus? 
Yeah, well, I, I love the you know this idea that in verse twenty seven that where where we see this concept of discipline, and it's it's Paul saying like I'm I'm disciplining my body, I'm keeping it under control, and and the idea there is I'm going to make my body my slave rather than being a slave to my body, and I think a lot of us live <laughs> kind of controlled by what our body wants, like what, what our body's telling us we need in that moment. And that, that cannot form the base of, of, of our decisions and how we live, right? We can't just like how I feel personally or what my body, you know, is telling me I need in this moment right now, that can't be our main driver. And obviously we need to eat food and we need to drink water and we need sleep and things like that. But, but most of the time, um, we can push back on those desires. And I think a lot of times we, whether it's like what, uh, like a big thing for me is how much rest or free time or leisure I, I feel like I need. <laughs> that's, that's one of the, the signals that my body and my brain is giving me all the time. Like, Hey, you need some chill time, man. Hey, what about, what about time for you? Take a little me time, you know? Um, and I don't know if that resonates with anybody at all, but, um, obviously I need, I do need some margin like to, to chill and like get rest and re and recoup. And, and there are th- hobbies and activities that I have that, that I believe are healthy aspects or, or even means for me to, to have relationships with people. Right. But that's something that I think for me personally, I can, uh, I could, I could stand to make some, some, some disciplined, self-controlled changes in my life, you know, with regards to just how much, how much time I put in for my hobbies or my, my, even, even like my, um, physical activity or downtime, leisure, whatever, you know, could I give up some of that time to, uh, to spend another hour with one of the guys that I'm discipling? Right. Could I, could I give up some of that time to, uh, to leave my garage door open and, and seek out one of my neighbors? Right. You know, can I, can I spend some of that time in, in study or prayer? Like, you know, can I wake up a little early, give up this, give up that? We, uh, we have a, a young adults ministry at VBC called Quest and we had a leadership meeting of that that team. So there's there's a group of of men and women from VBC who basically have given up their time and use their their gifts and their abilities to to care for young adults in our church. And every month we or every other month we get together and we encourage each other, we train, we talk about and plan and pray for the future. And so Emily and I had had the opportunity to host that meeting in our house on Friday night. And one of the things that we were challenged with by by Jason Moog, who oversees Quest Ministry, is uh, let's let's make an effort. Let's all agree together to cut something out of our life this week, you know, in order for us to, um, in, in this case, was basically to to hear from from God, right? To make some space, some margin in our life to to seek God and to be still and quiet before Him and to listen to to how He might lead us, and. Um, I don't know. I just thought, man, that was a beautiful example of, of what you're talking about, Sean, of like, you know, whatever arena we, we feel like we need to develop it, it's, it's going to take some kind of sacrifice on our part. And so that's something that I'm looking at is just like, there's a lot of things I like to do. You know, I enjoy a lot of things (laughs) Uh, for, there's a lot of things that are, that are fun to me. There's a lot of things that, 
you know, contribute to, to, I just think my, my physical and mental health, like I'm kind of, I'm an active person. I like to do a lot of things. And I think that's an area of my life that I could dial back a little bit in order to make space for the goal of influencing people for Christ. I guess on a similar level, we're, we're all driven by something, you know, and, and it'd be interesting to ask the people who observe our lives more, most closely, you know, and not who aren't trying to encourage us necessarily, <laughs> right. you know, if they were to, to identify what is it that drives Tim Barley? What is it that drives D'Angela? What is it that drives it, drives Sean Hilsch? What, what would they, what would they say? Mm. And my deepest desire is for the world to know that I am driven by the gospel, mm. driven by the gospel. I want to speak it. I want to think it. I want to live it. I want, I want to be driven by, by the gospel. How do I learn what that looks like? Well, I, I look firstly to Jesus and I read his word and then I watch the chosen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's what drives you is the chosen. <laughs> you try, you work that show into every conversation you can. I hope that's not true. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, I'm good, kidding. Good, good, good. You, you are a fanboy of the chosen I, well, and that's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm a cautious fan. Okay. I'm a very okay, cautious good. fan good. because I don't want to elevate it to a point where it's replacing the word. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, that's it's good. a, it's a creative way. Of, There's some liberties taken and sure, things like that. Sure. In the words of Jason, you're a fan of how God instructed the writers to develop <laughs> the chosen <laughs> so far, yeah. so far in, in most, in most cases. Uh, and also, you know, and, and so we read scripture and we just see Jesus just doing such a, and we talk about this a lot, you know, uh, truth and love just Balancing it so perfectly with these folks that he encountered, these unbelievers, yeah. uh, and and then of course even believers, yeah, you know, yeah, even yeah. his his followers, followers yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then fast forward to Paul, and we see Paul doing the same thing. You know, Acts seventeen is just such a hallmark, you know, yeah. of of learning in in my life to watch him go into this this arena where he was definitely. You know, not not the not the. An he was underdog. on their turf. He was Correct. on their, on their turf. turf, the yeah. underdog, so to speak, and and found this creative way in my in my assessment to be faithful to at least like you were saying, Sean, put drop the pebbles in you know the the sandals of these these Greek thinkers. So anyway, I I think that those are important things to to remember that, you know, what is it that drives us yeah. and to keep meditating on that and to ask, do some self reflection evaluation on that, on that idea. And it kind of ties into what yeah, cause, cause I bet most of us, if we did some self evaluation, we would, we would come to this under this realization that, man, I'm really driven by self motivated things. A lot of times I'm, yeah. I'm really driven by what's best for me and what I like to do most. And, uh, I think we're all like that and we can all learn to, to, to basically, you know, make our bodies our slaves rather than the other way around. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a process we're all developing, right? We're, we're all in kind of different places with that. Yeah. I think I just, to add on to that, I think apart from Jesus, we're a hundred percent all like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, as we, we are with Jesus, you know, I know people, Tim, you're one of them, sorry, but people who I think have 
done this hard work and the fruit is evident because of that, you know, through years of faithfulness, uh, I, I could honestly say, Washington, yeah, I think your life is defined by the gospel, you know? And so anyways, um, yeah, I think just that question, like you said, is are we self-serving or is our marked, is our life marked by sacrificial love, you know, or even just loving sacrifice maybe is a more apt way to say it right now, because a lot of the stuff we're talking about is, is shifting from that, that way of thinking, like you're saying of just, I want to do what I want to do right now. What makes me feel good. And not just, you know, physical stuff, but emotional, fun, health, the mental health kind of stuff. So whatever it be, are we doing things that are serving us or are we doing things that are just marked by uh, a loving kind of sacrifice? And I think that's important to di- differentiate because many of us in the Christian world right now, we're pretty good at sacrifice when the need comes, but it's not always loving sacrifice. You know, a lot of times wow. it's, it's grumbling sacrifice, even if we're not very vocal about it, whether it's with our attitudes or whatever. Uh, we're just quick to grumble because we're sinful little guys uh, until Jesus comes back. But anyways, yeah, I just, I think that that's so important. And so the one that I want to highlight as far as self-control is just our, our mouths, you know, our words. I think that we have the potential, sadly, to do so much damage to the reputation of Jesus with our words. We just do. By the way that we respond to situations, by the way that we um, are, are just quick to speak and slow to listen, we can just hurt people with our words and we forget that, that, that there, there, there's weight to the things we do and say. And very often when we, when we respond to things with words, it's like you just said, Dan, we're, we're thinking out of a place of what does this mean for me? You know, and not, how do I love this person in front of me the best that I can? Uh, so anyways, yeah, be, be quick to listen and, and slow to speak. And out of Proverbs, you know, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So are you someone who through your, your sacrifice and just your loving sacrifice brings calm to situations? Or are you maybe more known right now by as someone who is quick to speak and, and brings rage and divisiveness and that kind of stuff? Because you just have to acknowledge that, that stuff is going to reflect in people's perspectives what this person Jesus is like if they don't know him. Mm. And people are listening more than ever before. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, are, are listening and we just want to make sure that what we're saying has substance and it, it reflects who Christ is and what, what he's done, what he's doing, what he desires to do in their lives as well. It's good. It's yeah. good. Dan, slap us with some wisdom as we sign off here. <laughs> yeah, just just encouragement to um, just to develop this this kind of self control, right? It's not going to come naturally, and obviously, Gary gave us this. You know, hey, look at the treasures of the gospel, and he he gave us that Galatians three that there's this there's this um, this faith that we have in Christ that um, that these these benefits and these realities uh, are are really beautiful and they are treasures. And so it's, it, we can develop an inspiration and a desire, but don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help in developing the, the skill to, 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 so that you don't run out of gas or hit a, hit a wall. Right. Mm. Um, we all need coaches in our life and, and it's, and man, what a blessing to have Jesus and to Paul, Paul to look at. But sometimes in addition to that, we need each other. And that's why, the author of Hebrews says in, in chapter 10, don't give up meeting together, right? Don't just be isolated. Don't just, it's great that church is online these days, but, but if you just stay home and you're just watching from there and you don't interact with people and you're not, you're not sharing life with each other, you're, you're not going to really 
be considering how to stir an, one another up towards love and good deeds. And, and that's such a crucial component to this whole thing. And so we need each other. We need to be around each other. Um, and we need to be um, sharpening each other in those ways. So reach out if you, if you feel, if you're feeling isolated and alone, um, that's no bueno. Yeah. Or if you want to work on your golf game, mm. reach out because Dan's got some fresh tips for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to put probably tomorrow, I guess Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this, we'll probably post on Instagram uh, just this chart we referenced and man, bookmark it, screenshot it on your phone and just have it so that you can just look at it every day and just be reminded of the, the riches of this inheritance that we have. All right, y'all. Once more, if you find a uh, fitting young lad for Tim Barley, let us know. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this was encouraging and uh, just useful for you. Actually, I'm not looking for a young lad, but thanks for offering. That's a young lad. lad. You meant last. Lady. Last. I got got too many lads in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the house is kind of overrun by them, aren't they? Diversify. (laughs) Yeah. If you got a young lad to mentor, Tim will take him. If you got a young lass, then let us know. I'm so glad. I'm so glad the fact checkers checkers got us on that one. <laughs> we would have got comments. All right, guys. Love you. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.